Welcome to the In the Light Ministries of Philadelphia Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast, resources, and other ways to get connected, please visit inthelight.church. We all have problems. We all have problems, don't we? So, so we all have a problem. And, and, and I brought up these boxes today because these are pictures of, like, let's just use each box as a different problem that we have. So there's, for each box, it symbolizes a problem. And so all of us here have that, have problems. And maybe for some of us, it's a lot more boxes and a lot more problems than the ones I have up here. But I, I just got a few. I got a few that I wanted to represent problems. And, and what we do is we are carrying these problems in our life all around. And as we're carrying these problems, it causes, of course, this weight on us. It affects how we look at life. And what I wanted to do for you today is I wanted to help you with a hack to solving all of these boxes or these problems that you're holding. It's like, you know, you ever play the game Jenga? When they remove a specific block, then all the, pro- all the blocks drop. So it's one of those things. It's like a secret to causing all of those problems that you're carrying around in your life to just kind of fall to the wayside. Wouldn't you like to hear that? Like, just like, how do I get rid of all these problems? How do, how do I get them to go? How do I not feel the weight of all these things that are in my mind and these monkeys that are on my back and the stuff that's cluttering my soul? How do I unpack this stuff so that I'm not living with carrying, like, all these problems? Because we all have them. It's just what we're doing with that problem. So I believe the number one problem we have, and this is where I want to get to, the number one problem we have is that, that we have makes all of our problems problematic. This number one problem. If we solve this number one problem, all these problems we have that are problematic will begin to fall away. It'd be like Jenga, like we're moving the right thing and it all just crumbles. It all just falls to the side and we're able to move forward. So before I do that, I want you to do an exercise with me. And I want you to get a mental picture right now. Well, close, close your eyes. And some of you already had your eyes closed, so that's perfect. <laughs> close your eyes. Close your eyes. I know, it's a long night. It's a long night. And I'm talking soft. And the piano was smooth. All right, so close your eyes. And your, your eyes are I want you to get just a mental picture of Jesus. Your mental picture of Jesus. Give a picture of Jesus in your mind. All right? Real quick. All right. Real quick. You got a mental picture of Jesus. Okay. Now, what's his expression conveying? Like, what what kind of expression does he have? Like, that mental picture you got. That's all I want you to have. All right. You go be eyes now. Don't fall asleep. All right. So, so did you get it? Everybody got it? You got, like, an like a, a expression. So... I wonder how many of us in our picture of Jesus, not that this was an exact image, but it was more along the lines of that expression. Like you had an expression of Jesus that was um, maybe serious, an expression of Jesus that was stern, 
uh, expression of Jesus that, you know, I don't know if it was a scowl. It's just, you know, that, that, I don't know how many of you might have had that picture of Jesus. And I'm, if I was guessing, it would be a number of you, if not all of you, that when we have this picture of God or we have this picture of Jesus, it's a picture of God being like super serious and just like, just kind of like closed mouth looking at us, like, like almost like either his, his gaze and his expression is very piercing. It might be like, oh, don't look at me like that. It's very condemning. I, I, I would believe a lot of us have this idea of God of being like, like a mean librarian, <laughs> like looking at everybody like that in the world, like just making them want to be quiet, like shh. Like you're making too much noise and, and very stern and, and, and like God having this thing where he is, he's got a scowl on his face and he's always disappointed and he's like, man, these guys don't follow any of my rules, any of my commandments, any of those things. So you have this, that God is, is serious and, and intense with it. I don't know if that's your image of God, but I think that's our number one problem. Our number one problem is how we view and perceive what God is like. And so we have all these problems, but what, what's, with these problems is almost like we're afraid to, you know, even present our problems or even bring it up because we feel like the problem of Jesus, the way God looks at us or the way that, the way that Jesus is, would be an additional problem to already all these other problems. And so I'm just going to work on these problems myself, and I'm going to unpack them, and I'm going to see what I can do. And it does nothing to solve the weight and the challenge and the difficulty of the luggage and the boxes that we carry around. And these are problems. So this is actually the truth of more of what Jesus or God is like. So we, we, we got this idea that he's stern, and, and, and the reality is Jesus is having a good time. Jesus and God, it, he enjoys, and he's filled with joy, and it's just part of his, if you will, personality. It's part of, he, he just enjoys. I know we make mistakes. I know things go wrong, but God is not one of those people that he's stressing out about the problems and the difficulty and the challenge of life. I mean, if he, as a result of being sovereign and knowing what's to come, it's not like things catch him off guard. And so he's like, oh man, I'm so, you know how things catch us off guard and it throws off our day? God is not like being caught off guard and now he's like really intense and really mad about it. He sees the, the, the end from the beginning. He knows what's coming. And so as a result he can he, he he can laugh he is he's filled with joy i mean it's not it's not like he's happy at sin and he's happy at, but it, this is more of his personality he has a personality of joy and of laughter and of humor and i don't know if we always get that about him and as a result of that we've got problems our problem is how we perceive him and he is joyful and this is so important because if the church or his people are not reflecting who he is, and maybe that's it, right? Maybe the reality of how we believe God is is because of the way his people represent. Yeah. 
Right? And we talk about it like, like sometimes we have to fix our face. Because we've been saved. I mean, like, like, we look like we're sucking on lemons. Right? And now you're laughing. <laughs> but we should be this way without having jokes. Right? We should just be this way because the reality of our salvation, the reality of our God who is sovereign, that we can have joy in our day. There's things that he, he, he's going to supply and he's going to do and he's a fix and he's overcome. We should be filled with a lot more joy, shouldn't we? How many can use more joy? Joy. Joy, joy, joy. We have to have more joy. The problem is we don't associate God with joy. We associate him with so many other things, but not with joy. And here's the God. So, so God, Yahweh, when he brings together his people, you never see God getting mad at the fact that they celebrate and they're exuberant. And they're like, they're, they're really worshiping and they're banging on tambourines and, and they're having a good time and they're singing out loud. It's only when they're doing that in vain and they're doing that for the wrong things. But God is the one that's set up for his children of Israel. He said, listen, you know, you know what Pentecost was? Pentecost was a feast. It was a party. So that's why I was kind of like, you know, come on, it's Pentecost, y'all. New wine, come on. Enjoy the presence. Enjoy the spirit of God. So it's, it's a, he put seven feasts in place for his people to celebrate. Once every year of the Jewish calendar, there are seven feasts. Now, God, if God wants his children to know how to enjoy what he's doing, and they're all celebrating different things, and they're all reflective of different things. There's the Feast of the Weeks. There's the Feast of Pentecost. There's a Feast of Tabernacles. There's the, the Feast of Trumpets. There's a Feast of Atonement. There's a Feast of First Fruits. There's a Feast of... It's just, it's just a bunch of feasts. So what does that tell you about God? He's a partier. He enjoys a good party. I'm like, let's get it. Let's, ha let's have a good time. He helps them. He instructs them. He says, it's like, okay, like, let's, let's put your hands together because it's good to put your hands together like that. He's like, you clap your hands, and, and here's different forms of worship or praise, and here's some things that you can practice and do, and here's some foods that are good for your celebration, and everything is built around this joyful occasion of coming around together. That's the God that we serve. So in, in, in Nehemiah 8, it says it's after they finish building the, the wall in Jerusalem, right? So after Nehemiah and the people that he gathered together to build the wall, it says this in Nehemiah 8, verse 9. It says, then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day. Before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks. And share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites Two, quieted the people, telling them, hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink at a festive meal, to share gifts of food, and to celebrate with great joy, because they had heard God's word and understood them. 
you got to understand what's happening here. So Nehemiah, after building the wall, they hadn't heard the, they had been exiled from Jerusalem. They were all scattered and they were brought back together. They hadn't heard the word of God for a while. So Ezra the priest gets up and reads the word of God. And this is something that had been missing from the practices. Again, they were conquered by pagan nations. So they came back together. He reads the word. And as a result of reading the word of God, all of a sudden, it becomes a wave. It becomes a way because they're reading the word of God and they're looking at their lives and they're saying, man, we got problems. So they start to feel the weight, weightiness of the word of God. And as they're hearing this weightiness, it becomes like a box. It becomes a problem to them because now they're looking at their lives and they're saying, man, we are so far from that. We've done so much to hurt God and turn away from his word and the way that we lived our lives is just so they're starting to feel this dejected as they're hearing the word of God and Ezra and Ezra and Nehemiah stop them and say no 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 this is this is not the response for this moment we're we're reading you the word we're making you aware of who God is and what he's like but you're, you're missing something as you're receiving the word. You're missing that this is a time actually for celebration. This is God reintroducing himself. God is near to you. And, and so even in his nearness, there's a conviction to your heart. And, and I know it's weighing on you, but we're, this is a time that God is actually orchestrating a feast. And so the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing is feeling sad in this moment. When we're coming together, this is a feast. This is a feast of uh, the, this was the feast of, I believe, the trumpets. So it's a feast of trumpets. We're, we're in this moment, and this is a moment of a party and of joy. This is a moment to share drink and share food with one another. And so he stops them from their mourning and moves them into a place of joy and of celebration. Moves that burden and the problem of like, man, we we carrying out so many problems and, and we did all this stuff to God. And he says, you just need one thing. You just need one thing in the midst of this weightiness of these problems that you're experiencing. You need a party. And you need to enter in to the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord re- puts a strength on you that you didn't have prior to that moment. You're trying to handle these problems and and through conviction and through weeping, but that's not going to solve any of these problems at this point. Right now, there's a different way to solve the problem, and that's to enter into his joy. Because the joy of the Lord actually becomes your ability to solve things and to get through things. See, this is what joylessness brings. Joylessness brings apathy. Joylessness brings anxiety when you're a joyless person. That's why all this, you, you, you know there's a joylessness in your life because there's anxiety that's built up and just like there's, everything is so tense and everything is so like serious. You've got low energy. It's like that's how you know you're joyless. It's like, oh, I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like going. I don't feel like going there. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like going to work. I don't feel like going. I don't feel like doing anything. You've lost joy. Low energy when that happens. Judgmental spirit. Everything. You just, you just begin to judge everything because you're, you're, you're bitter. You're, you're, you're like, you're, without joy, without humor, without laughter, without a good party in the Lord. Like you're, you're like, everything, you, you just judge it. And, and you, you criticize. 
and you put down things. That's how you know you're missing joy. And your joylessness, um, you have predictable behavior. That's another way. It's like, yeah, you do this, I do this, and I do this. Predictable because you're joyless. And you uh, lack, like, life, like the va- vitality. You know how people say, man, like, like, what's up with you? Like, you know how you have, you could just see life on a person? And sometimes, are you used to looking at people with no life? That's why? Well, that you can't remember what it looks like? So, <laughs> it's like, you could see life on a person. You could see it on their countenance. You could see, like, wow, you're, like, there's something, there's like a spark. There's something on you. Especially happens when we receive salvation. Like, people say that about you all the time, right? They're like, what happened this weekend? When do you tell me? Why didn't you invite me to the party? It's like, girl, let me tell you about this Jesus that I found. And then you start to talk about it. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're messing with me. What are you talking about? So that's why it says, return to the joy of your salvation. Got to remember what he saved you from and what he saved you for. So joylessness. And so, uh, but there's rewards of joy that actually are the cure for these symptoms that, like these symptoms of anxiety, these symptoms of low energy, these symptoms of judgmental spirit. The rewards is the cure of the symptoms that I just mentioned above. It's, it's simple. The rewards of joy are you feel stronger. The, rejoy, the rewards of joy is that you have a lot more energy. The rewards of joy is that if it actually facilitates bonding, that you actually are able to get closer to people. It's something about you being joyless that's a repellent. It's something about your joyfulness that is an attractant, that brings people towards you. I don't know why no one talks to me, because you're Eeyore. <laughs> it's like it's so, oh, no, having a bad day, having a bad life. I cast that Eeyore spirit out of you, right? So it's, it's, it's you want to be closer to people that are happy. It's, it's a natural thing. I mean, this is it's just natural human trait. It's like, I, like there's some people that drain you because they're so, like, without joy. It's like your timing. They're coming. Oh, they're coming. I got to get, get ready. I got to get ready. You like get some smelling salt. I just got to wake up. I got to wake up because this is just so draining. You laugh because it's true. Don't laugh too loud because the person's sitting next to you, so just be careful. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. And so it makes you more humorous. Isn't that something? Joy makes you humorous. Um, It brings perspective, actually. You're able to see things that you couldn't see from when you're joyful. You're able to have perspective and like, oh, like, because you're not, you're not so anxious about something, because anxious kind of clams you up and stiffens you up, where joy actually gives you perspective. You're just kind of like, you're looking at something, you're, you're turning your head, and, and you're getting a different a nuance about it. You become more spontaneous, you're not so predictable. Oh, yeah, let's do this, and let's, let's make this happen. You become more spontaneous, that's the reward of joy, and you're more creative. You're a problem solver. You're a solution finder. These are the rewards of joy. So why wouldn't you want it, right? Why wouldn't you want joy? But where do you find it? So 
Let's talk about that. Because if you dare to discover this joy of the Lord that I'm talking about, it's found in a particular zone. It's found in a particular zone and it exists there and you're going to know when you found it. You'll know when you found joy. You know when, when you're in that zone of joy. Let, let, let me illustrate. Can I get my volunteers real quick? So here is this guy. He's got a bunch of problems. Everything we have in common, right? So he has a bunch of problems symbolized by these boxes. These are just problems. So if he's in a zone of compassion, if he's in a zone of compassion, there is, you'll know when he's in a zone of compassion with all these problems. Maybe he's expressing his problem, talk about his problems to other people, you know, bringing people. So the zone of compassion, if you can, just put your hand on the shoulder. Yeah, just give it a, that's what compassion does. You know when you're in a zone of compassion. Like, oh, there you go. Look at all those problems. So he's in a zone of compassion right now, just rubbing his back and rubbing his shoulders. And so he's like, oh, yeah, somebody's with me. That's cool. Somebody's hearing me out. That's awesome. But, but then when you're in the zone of love, you'll also know when you're in the zone of love. If you can show him the zone, yeah. So when you're in the zone of love, <laughs> it's so good because you, you have that, that, that accompanying, like you have these problems. But man, there's somebody who sticks closer than a brother. They're there with you. I'm so glad that I have somebody who loves me in my life. That's that zone of love. But the zone of joy. Can you, can you, this, is, this is what, so, so compassion, rub the shoulder and, and love. And if you could just stand forward a little bit, he, just so that everybody can see it. The, this is, the, you'll know when you're in the zone of joy. And you have problems, because this is what it feels like. <laughs> Listen, when you're in the zone of joy, it tackles you. It tackles you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You can just put these boxes up here. Joy is a tackler. It gets you. It overwhelms you. It it surprises you when it gets on you. And when it gets on you, uh, when joy gets on you, it has a 100% fumble rate. I'm talking about you will fumble every single problem that is on you comes off when joy comes on you. It's just true. See, love, like people can love you, but you still have your problems. At least they're with you, though. Compassion is awesome. Thank you for rubbing that shoulder and just know that, like, you're praying for me. But joy? Uh-uh. You guys have been holding around some boxes, I'm telling you. You've been holding on to some problems that are eliminated once joy gets on you. Once the joy of the Lord, you know why you have strength? Because you have no more boxes. You have no more problems. So the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. And you, you go, you're, you're, you're laughing, you're, you're, you're spontaneous, you're creative, and that the personality of joy gets on you. So that's why everything I talked about, the reward of joy, is the personality of joy. The personality of joy is spontaneous. That's why I said, just, just tackle them, don't even let them know. It's spontaneous. It's creative. It's, it's, it doesn't take things so seriously. 
Not in a bad way. It gives you lots of energy. You feel stronger as a result of it. So if you dare to go into that zone, just know that you're going to be tackled when you get there. Amen? Some of you want it. Some of you, that's all right. Because sometimes we like, you're like, when's the joy going to come? You'll know when it comes. It's like, I just want, you know, something happens when you get into that tackle zone. So here's some places. This is, this is what I found. These are a few places that are high tackle zones for me. When your mind is full of the things that God's mind is full of. When you get into that zone, when your mind is full of what God's mind, my, God's mind is full of truth. He, thoughts that are true, that are noble, that are just, that are trustworthy, that are gracious. When you get into that place, when you're mindful, your mind is full of the things that are on God's, of, that are full, fully from God's mind, joy will come on you. Joy will come on you. Let's just deal with one. Let's deal with graciousness. You ever deal with a hard to get along with, ungrateful, stubborn person? And then you have those people, right? So get your mind full of the things that God's mind is full of. His, his mind is full of grace. So here I got an, a stubborn, ungrateful person. God, you, you, you know what? What do you think about this? Well, I'm gracious. All right, I'm, I'm, all right I'm, let me be gracious towards that person. Let me deal with them graciously. Let me be kind. Let me be, be, let me be sympathetic. Let me treat, and then as you begin to treat them a certain way, it's like, man, even though they're ungrateful, as I'm treating them with grace, all of a sudden I get tackled by this joy that comes on me because God is, will show me something like, you know why it's so cool that you're treating them like that? Because you know how you were before, right? You know how you, yeah, you know. And so he tackles you with this joy of, oh, I get it, God. You just show me what I used to be like. And as you gave grace to me, now I give grace to another. God, you're so funny. You are so funny. And as I'm working it through them, I get a better understanding of how you're like in being gracious. And so there's a, when your mind is full of truth, and I'm telling you, joy will tackle you. You begin to get this strength that it's just not, it's not coming from that person because they don't have the ability to give it. It comes from the joy of the Lord that you're actually acting like him. And you're gracious to other people. I found that when I influence people in the right direction, that is a place where I get tackled by joy. When you influence people in the right direction. So there's people that you're going to, sometimes you're going to meet and there's people that are saying, I've been hurt. So I need to just find a safe place. That's a big thing nowadays, right? I need to find my safe place. I need to find my safe place. So they, everybody's trying to find their safe place. And, and, and that's a big thing, right? It's like, I'm being hurt. So I need, to, I, need to, I need to go to my safe place. Here's where the joy of the Lord comes in. is when you're a person that see people that are hurting, so they're trying to hide. And you help them through it. And you're saying, let me get you in the right direction because I want you to level up. And you don't level up by hiding in your safe places. You actually level up by confronting and, and dealing with those things that you're trying to hide from. When you actually help somebody instead of hide, move towards and reconcile, joy tackles you. God just, he gives you somebody, he's like, that's what I'm talking about. He'll give you a noogie on your head because they get, that's what I'm talking about, boy. Helping that person out. 
because you're helping a person in the right direction. The joy of the Lord is he just comes on you. And those problems that you have on your, in your hands, now that you're helping other people with your problems, God takes care of that with his strength. The joy of the Lord, it's a tackle zone when you start to help other people. And how you treat the church and, his, and the kingdom, if you treat the church in high regard, that's a tackle zone. And an example of that is how you treat the church leaders, actually. It talks about that in the scriptures. It says, please don't grieve the people of God. Make it a joy for them to serve. If you make it a joy for them to serve, trust me, I'm going to put joy in your life. It says it does not benefit you to bring grief to the leaders in the church. They're there to serve you, serve your children, and serve others. And so I found the joy of the Lord is when I'm able to treat his church with high regard. It's when I treat his church leaders in high regard, when I make it a pleasure, when they say, you know, I got this all-star on my team. When, you, when the leader can say, man, I'm so glad I have this person on my team, that they're joyful about that, you'll get the joy of the Lord quick. The joy of the Lord will bless you for being a joy to the leaders that are in his house. Amen? It's a tackle zone. Trust me. And then uh, uh, number four is sacrificial obedience in doing what he asks is a place where the, that's a tackle zone. When you're sac- sacrificially obedient in doing what he asked. This last week, um, we, we were just recuperating from a wedding, and our, and me and my wife, and so our finances were like spread thin. So this last, last week, there was opportunity to give. One was to Pastor Phil, and so we gave. It was an opportunity to give. Did we have to give? Did, we, we weren't obligated to give, but we knew in that moment it was important to give. And so we gave. And that giving was a sacrifice because that would have put us at nothing. And then we went to a service later that night and felt compelled to give again. So we gave even from what we had nothing of, we still gave. Now you're in a sacrifice zone. You're not in a sacrifice zone when you have it and you give it. You're in a sacrifice zone is that when he, you don't have it and he asks you to give it and you give it, that's when you've been sacrificially obedient. And sometimes this stuff takes a while for us to see the benefit and the joy of what it means to sacrificially obey, and that's just one example. But it wasn't, but that evening as we were going home, that we got a check that covered what was 100%. It was 100 times more than what we just gave, sacrificially. <laughs> Try to wrap your brain around that. How many know that at that moment, joy tackles you? Yeah. So we're like, yeah, what? All that like, ah, oh, oh, I got problems. I got problems, <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to trust anyway. Then the joy tackles you, and you're like, freedom. Like all the boxes scattered, and it was just like, we got this. It solved every one of those boxes as a result of that gift. Isn't that awesome? Sacrificial obedience, it's only in those places when you're obedient and you sacrifice, you're going to find that you'll find the joy of the Lord will overcome you and give you strength. 
And I found, last one, a Thanksgiving rant. That's a great place to get the joy of the Lord. Just go on a Thanksgiving rant. Meaning you just start thanking for every little thing, everything that you can think of. But here's the key, is that if I can take the things that have caused me grief and extend some grace to it, if I can thank God for the things that have caused me actually grief, <laughs> and thank God for it. This is, this is the whole turning mourning into dancing. This, this is what that is. It's like, I'm going to take the things I'm crying about, and I'm going to thank God for them and find something good about that thing. I'm going to turn it around and make it something I can dance about and be happy about. You turn your mourning into dancing. So that's why I'm thanking God for the people who fall asleep during our service. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the people who fall asleep during service because it keeps me humble, God. It keeps me humble. <laughs> Thank God for those brave mice in my house. Because without those brave mice in my house, I wouldn't realize how fast I can climb furniture. And that how many of my loved ones come near me when they hear me scream. I'm just so thankful that my loved ones are coming to my aid as I scream. Thank you for those brave mice in my house. <laughs> Thank you for my crazy extended family members. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Because now my family seems so sane. They seem so okay. I'm okay with them, God. They are a blessing compared to my family members. Thank you, God. For those who are no longer here, they remind me how precious are the ones who stayed. Come on. I can turn my mourning into dancing. I can go on a Thanksgiving rant. I can go on and on about those things. I conclude with this. If you get into the tackle zone, your problems cannot exist when you get into that place of joy. And I want to encourage you to find where the joy of the Lord is. Because if you find the joy, you lose your problems. Let's praise him in this place. Isn't he good? Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Subscribe to our podcast and social media outlets to be kept up to date with everything going on at In the Light Ministries of Philadelphia.